naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, Michael Meditations, nor myself condones any illegal activity. Today's guest, a writer and editor, Mandy, grew up in the New Jersey suburbs. She attended Ivy League schools and is the mother of three children now in their 20s. Mandy lives near a major U.S. city with her husband of 30 years, who is a lawyer, Considering herself decidedly non-woo, Mandy arrived at Michael Meditations in 2018 with a good friend and a high dose of skepticism. By week's end, she deepened that friendship and formed new ones. The skepticism was gone. Since her retreat, she has stayed in touch with her Michael mates and taken up meditation as a way to extend the compassion, insights, and self-acceptance that the mushrooms lent her. Won't you join me in welcoming Mandy to the Psilocybin Chronicle. All right, Mandy, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you. Yeah, nice to be uh, experiencing your personality here in Jamaica as well, you know. Uh, it's been a real pleasure for me. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So tell us, if you could consume psilocybin with anyone from time in history, who would that be and why? I initially wanted to do it with somebody who encountered powerful difficulties and gained great insight that way. So I was thinking Nelson Mandela or Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But then I was also thinking about the creative sphere, and I just thought Mozart would be kind of literally and figuratively a trip. Oh, yeah. So I'd go with Amade- Wolfgang Amadeus. Okay, okay. Yeah, music's been a important part of your experience, has it not? No, you've really not engaged a lot with music here. Not on the mushrooms, yeah. but I do think that what music does in people's minds and a creative mind like his. And he was somebody who probably would have enjoyed tripping on mushrooms. He had a lot of issues in his life and a lot of creative, uh, creative urges. So, huh? Yeah. That's interesting to think about uh, as far as issues in his life. I mean, I'm assuming, you know, a lot about his history. So like, what did he struggle with? Um, he was, he was trotted out as a child performer from a very early age and, uh, he was constantly defying authority, um, and he was genius, and people were jealous of the genius that he had just kind of oozing out of his pores, and he was always broke. So he was a guy who knew how to find his own trouble, but also hmm. just find a kind of ecstasy in the music he was able to write. Interesting. I know little to nothing about the man. Well, thanks. That Maybe psilocybin would have helped him Yeah, process some of his trauma as well. Great movie. All right, well, let's not get too far off track, but uh, great great answer. So when you first heard of psilocybin, what were your initial uh, uh, perceptions towards it? Well, the first time I heard about it, I was actually in college, um, and we're, we're talking now uh, 30 years ago so or, or more, um, and I didn't try them. I My sister had had an experience with them and just told me what a blast it was, and uh, 
she, it, they did it for giggles and it worked and <laughs> I, I was really envious, but I'd kind of missed my moment and uh, was busy with other things. And, and I didn't think about a, it for another 30 years. You just never had another opportunity. It never came into your field it, of vision. I was never right. Exactly. Huh. Wow. I didn't do a lot of drugs. Yeah. Did your sister speak of that experience into the future? Or was it just kind of a passing thing? I think she might've done it twice. She happened to be around people who had them. We weren't the kind of kids who would go out and, find and provide to other people or mm. <laughs> no so we were uh thought drugs were a little bit scary and out of the mainstream uh toyed with them a bit and uh i drank more than i did any mm-hmm. drugs mm-hmm. but i didn't i didn't drink to serious excess but that was the way i partied so right it was the 80s and there was all a big stigma on drugs well then how have you come to find yourself in the presence of psilocybin here today well, some of the some of the more recent discussion about psilocybin, certainly Michael Pollan, even though I haven't read his book, but um, the sort of distinctions among and between psychedelics and other types of drugs uh, have entered my consciousness over the over the past couple of years. I think there's been a lot of discussion of that. Um, I know I've read about uh, psychedelics, read been reading off and on for years, just catching the occasional article, uh, not through research. But hearing that psychedelics and um, and things like electroshock uh, therapy, electroconvulsive therapy, are being brought back and reexamined as ways to, as a more efficient way to get to our subconscious and help people who have various psych- psychological demons, addictions, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I was aware of it as being out there and maybe something we should know more about for people with real psych- psychic trauma. Of course, I have not put myself in that category. So I came to hear about Myco meditations and doing psilocybin in an environment like this one, um, a sort of therapeutic environment for people who want to work on their brains in any way or, mm-hmm. or form. Mm-hmm. I heard about it through my good friend, and she had been thinking about giving herself this trip as a gift for a long time to deal with issues she has from a tough marriage and, um, and other things in her life. And I just instantly wanted a part because I was so curious about, you know, what I could do with my subconscious if I mm. went more deeply into it. And what have you found? Well, I came down thinking I knew what I wanted. I, you and I had a prep call before the, the week started, uh, a few days before. And I explained to you very cogently that I wanted to reconnect with this creative side of me that I felt I had kind of gotten out of touch with, that my life is pretty much in order and I don't have you know, a lot of psychological complaints. I don't know how much of that I said in the phone call, but you said, and I thought you were being a little bit, you know, like Yoda-ish. <laughs> <laughs> but, you you know, you you pronounced, you said, well, sometimes you find the, mu- the mushrooms give you more what you need than what you thought you wanted. Hmm. And, uh, and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, one of these guys. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but, you know, okay, let's see what the mushrooms think I need, you know, with the eye roll. <laughs> but uh, what do I think about it now that I'm down here? Mm. Um, I, well, I, I, as you and I have been talking about uh, off and on throughout the week, I think I am having actually an experience that started out as mildly therapeutic and uh, just kind of a nice opening up of my um awareness of other people and my ability to put my compassion first and my judgment a little bit behind it. Mm -hmm. And I've been getting that through the group experience as 
well as the mushrooms and whatever loosening they've been doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, if that's what I come home with, that's a really good thing. Uh, my relationships with other people, strangers, near strangers, and people close to me are like one of the most important things. And um, and I think that I, I've always thought that I'm a little too judgmental. And I thought, wow, you know, I really did take something out of this. But then um, by the time we did our third dosing session, uh, which was a doozy because <laughs> I got to have a really tough experience as well as a really fun uh, and up and light experience. Uh, by the time that ended, and we all processed it in group discussion, and then sort of individually, it's uh, these waves of of awareness have been rolling over me, and I've realized that this week gave me a great breakthrough on a subconscious level in the way I think about my mother, mm-hmm. who died today, eleven years ago. She died today? This day, 11 years ago. Oh, wow. So it, a lot of things came full circle. And, you know, the other group members and I have been making some really good jokes about me and my kind of love hate relationship with the mushroom based on the way my three sessions have gone. Mm -hmm. But I really did not expect um, that profound realizations would come out of this. And, you know, Eric, I kind of got you on this because guess what? I'm so much lighter today that I think I got what I wanted as well as what I needed. Um, <laughs> Sometimes they are one and the same. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this I, I felt you and I talked, and we're, I may be getting ahead of myself here, but in my third session when I was in the throes of just incredible physical discomfort and difficulty, didn't know what was going on, couldn't keep a coherent thought in my head, and wondered why I was even bothering with this or why anybody would, and was sure I would never do another mushroom, but could barely even hold that thought in my head. It was, uh, when that happened, you were actually kneeling beside me, kind of absorbing my bad energy or whatever you call it for part of that. And the next day you said, you asked me if I was giving birth in the chair there. And, um, I realized I was and that that was one of, one of those thoughts that I couldn't hold on to, which was frustrating me so much was this feels like childbirth mm. and you saw me doing physical things that kind of tipped you off. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've kind of gone out of order with the other things that were going on, but it's, it sounds so cornball to say, but I really was giving birth to this new me that is really an old me. And yeah. I've reconnected here with a much lighter version of myself and more playful. And it, that will probably help me with the creativity thing that I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to get at. Mm-hmm. But it's going to help me a lot in just how I feel about myself and how I'm able to be in my relationships too. So I'm really, really grateful. Yeah, I, I, what I've gotten I, yeah, here. Yeah, it was uh, that was a powerful moment there, um, and just seeing you open up through the week and engage more with yourself, I can tell it's it's even. I think you've called it your snarkiness, right? Yeah, I've used that word. You know, is it? I, I think that it tends that can be a defense mechanism. And um, I don't know. I've just I've seen that lesson even in your responses, except for with with Shane, of course, who deserves every <laughs> every bit. I'm trying to mock Shane with love. Is that a thing I can do? <laughs> maybe maybe that's what my next experience would teach me. No, I really it's it is true. I mean, I I like to be funny, and you saw me just 
take off and perform mm-hmm. like an idiot mm-hmm. the other night. But I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> perform indeed. <laughs> but to be able to do that in a warm way is mm-hmm. would be a gift. I like being funny, but I don't want to be funny at other people's expense. His expense, yeah. No, that's actually, you know, speaking of Shane, that's one of the things that always drew me to his comedy is that he does not make fun of other people. He, you know, laughs at ideas or whatnot. So, um, and that's that's really, it's really very helpful in life in general. But especially in this space where people are so vulnerable, and if we're putting ourselves out there, if we start even just joking on the little things, and it can it can have a tendency to snowball. Um, so true. So, and you've got a thick skin too, because I think I took a little bit out of you. Oh too. yeah, no, I got, <laughs> I, I got to. Um, <laughs> Which you know, I'm I'm the one over the years that has calloused myself in the way that most of us do. But you know, mushrooms and these groups have immensely helped me to open up and and live more from the heart. I've always been a very head centered person. Um, no, I feel it. I feel it from your heart, and I've I think even during my second dosing, which as you know, I kind of underwhelmed me. One mm-hmm. of the highlights of the evening was just sitting with you and. Really, just having a conversation about our lives, about things that you've done in your life, where you've lived, you know, who your family is, and mm-hmm. some of that on me. And um, I feel, I, and I said to myself about that conversation, you know, could I have had that conversation away from the mushrooms with Eric and just gotten to know him? I probably could have, but maybe I had a, maybe I had more of an openness to mm-hmm. what I was hearing, mm-hmm. and things could sink sink in and affect me in a, in a different way or with a longer effect because yeah. I was kind of, despite myself having a, having a trip experience, <laughs> I felt pretty straight at that, at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny how often people just swear that they're not still tripping or this, but the mushrooms are obviously impacting them. So I would like to talk about some of the more challenging elements of your experience. Um, this is something I think what you went through isn't often mentioned. <clears throat> people talk about, whatever bad trips or difficult trips etc cetera, etc cetera. but yours wasn't yours was more difficult from a physical standpoint and that's not something i hear brought up in the discussion often enough because about 30 percent of the people do have some pretty significant physical discomfort so would you mind talking about that yes as a as a public service i will sit here and talk about feeling like i'm gonna make an unwanted bowel movement and i'm gonna throw up and um and why do i do this thing and oh my god my teeth hurt i can't really believe this is happening i'm trying not to use four letter words That's here okay. but oh. yeah i can't fucking believe my teeth hurt too was part of my <laughs> second trip and you know the good ones the the my first experience which you called mushroom mingling for the rest of the group mm. was uh, a lower dose um 3 grams and uh everybody uh, stay to that low dose just to see how we did and i thought it must be because i'm a psychedelic and generally um head altering substance uh virgin that i felt like i actually had a really powerful experience mm-hmm. um i had i i felt really sick to my stomach had to lie down uh couldn't even handle the visuals behind my eyelids so spent most of the night with my eyes open but with my eyes open I got to see such a beautiful transformation of the natural world. And anybody who is curious about myco meditations should know that the star canopy down here is <laughs> a trip in itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I hope that everybody who comes here is lucky enough to have a cloudless night for that. It's, it was amazing. It is. And with the hyper focused visuals that I was able to experience on the mushrooms that night, 
on my three grams, I was experiencing their individual beauty, but also just enjoying all the transformations I saw. And my flippant way of describing it was matter made visible, but it was, mm. it, it was sort of this physical version of the interconnectedness that you'll always hear, that I always hear other people talking about on mushrooms. Oh, everything is one and we're all interconnected. And I thought, um, you know, I had this very conscious kind of meta thought of, oh, maybe this is what everybody means by interconnectedness. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I, I was seeing that. So that was beautiful. And I had a really powerful emotional experience that night of, um, of just, just crying and, and feeling compassion, um, and feeling a feeling of wanting to be able to share the experience I was having in some way with people in my life who I thought were in psychic pain and mm. needed to feel the beauty that I was feeling. And you said, what's, you came and talked to me and said, what do you think is holding you back from that? And I said, judgment. And realizing that I had already in a day and a half at that point shed a lot of judgmental feelings about the people here in our group didn't let judgment get between me and them and i was feeling really positive about them mm. strangers mm -hmm. and i thought why must i judge the people whom i love my relatives my friends so already i really felt like if that's what i take home this week that is powerful and then all week, um, the integration sessions that we do here are so important mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and of course, I didn't know that when I came down here. Mm. Um, my friend and I came down thinking, you know, let's try to not, let's try to not be too judgy and snarky. Let's not, let's promise to not run back to our room and roll our eyes about other people. You know, that sort of thing. I really like, that's kind of what I expected from myself. Mm. And from the get go, I just felt this incredible sincerity coming from everybody. Even as we just met up at the airport mm -hmm. in the little bar there, I thought, everybody's coming here for something serious. Like I'm, if, if any of us is just a complete mushroom brain tourist, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it wasn't that everybody had powerful problems, but everybody had a really deep reason for mm -hmm. wanting to be here. Mm -hmm. I felt and, and get something out of it. Sincerity, you said. Yeah, yeah. an earnestness. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like already I had to give them all credit for that. And from the very beginning, as we were starting to meet in circle, in a circle, there was everybody's really open and we all knew each other's names you had us play a name game mm -hmm. at the first meeting the morning after we arrived and i was like i think you staff need it but the rest of us we're all old friends by now we've all been talking and talking and talking um on the ride here yesterday and this morning at breakfast and i know everyone's name and where they're from and so i just felt like wow this group is really connected mm -hmm. so that's and and I wanted great experiences for all of them too. And I think we were all like, we were all cheerleading at various points for people who were having a better or worse experience mm -hmm. with the mushrooms. Um, and, uh, there was a great honesty. So where was I going with that? I was, well, I was, I'm wanting you to talk about discomfort. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, all yeah. right. So, so I had that, I did feel a little dis uncomfortable the first time. So the second dosing two, two nights later, uh, I went into it. I think with demands, <laughs> like I had, <laughs> I had had what you called mushroom mingling, get to know the mushroom, you know, break the ice. And I said, Oh no, I had much more than that. I had coitus with the mushroom. <laughs> I was feeling pretty proud of myself. So, uh, 
And I knew that a little bit of uh, upset stomach might might be a part of it. Uh-huh. Um, so I was expecting that at the beginning, but it ended up feeling like the flu. And I was lying on a mat and I could see the beautiful night sky and the same hyper, uh, hyper focused, hyper sharp plants and grasses and everything around me. So the same natural beauty. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I've already seen that. When am I going to feel better and start having a real trip? And instead, I just like eventually felt less sick. Um, Ben, our the mm-hmm. amazing therapist facilitator who's working with us, was a big part of that. She sat and talked to me and we talked about our family. So yeah, I was processing some family things, but it was also just conversation. I was asking her as much about hers as talking about mine. And, but she's incredibly um, generous and was sort of, was there as a physical presence too. Like, mm-hmm. you know how it's nice to have somebody with you sometimes when mm-hmm. you're sick. Mm-hmm. That's what she was. And so I was able to get through the flu and finally feel like I could sit up and stand up. And at that point I felt really sober and I just wanted to go around and be part of other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. I had a nice conversation with you. I joined a, a conversation um, between Ben and my friend and shared theirs, but I felt really disappointed overall with the evening because, okay, yeah, right. it wasn't I'd a- gotten the flu and then I was... And then I felt straight and everybody else, like their minds were exploding and they were having so much fun. And the laughter coming from the group down on the beach was, was, uh, sounded great. Mm-hmm. And I wished I'd had that. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's when you and I were sitting together. Was, uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. We were enjoying the laughter. No yeah, doubt about yeah. it. It was, it was a heavy night though. It was not a super pleasant evening for, for most people. I mean, a lot some people seem to be enjoying it right, more so than right. others, but overall it was a pretty, pretty heavy night. Um, all around. So, and then we went on to the third trip, and you still had more. You had even the even third, more discomfort. Right. Really, third trip, I just decided, like, okay, your stomach doesn't like the feeling of this of this uh, chemical in it, and uh, maybe you're going to be sick. But also, like, you may not get some. You may not get somebody else's trip, and you just have to. I don't know. See what you get. But obviously, you can't make demands on the mushroom. And we were joking that, the, that I insulted the mushroom. It walked away on the second one. So it's like, I'm not going to piss off the mushroom, but I'm also not going to, it's not going to be my boyfriend anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that that was kind of a good way to stave off like serious punishment, right? Like, here I am. I'm accepting. I'm willing to take. And mm-hmm. whoa, I got slammed. I just, I, I tried standing up for when the initial waves of nausea come over me and, you know, I had some music on in the beginning and I thought, you know, I just, and, and we talked a lot about barfing as a way to just kind of like get through it, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kept saying, okay, is this one I can, I can throw up and then go into the next phase the way other people had? And, and I, I kept thinking, is this the time or should I go get somebody to take me over to the puke pit and, you know, get it all out? And it, it just wouldn't come. And, um, and I'll, I'll interject here that as much as I felt like, I'm being frank here, as much as I felt like I had diarrhea and, you know, was going to lose control this whole mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. was going to throw up, I did, did not throw up once. Mm-hmm. And I was constipated. So, like, this was not, this was just my head and my stomach talking to each other about my issues, I think. And my, con- like, maybe I was trying to have too much control over things, but there was, I, I do get sick to my stomach a lot, but, mm-hmm. I fundamentally, it, it was it was I think some brain by stomach brain feedback, mm-hmm. and there was a loop going on, and I don't have that figured out. 
But yeah, but this I, is the first time you've even mentioned that throughout the week. I've been thinking it since yesterday. Yeah. I um Okay, good. Yeah. No, I really do think mm-hmm. it's I mean, cuz what did I want to do? I wanted to control when I got to th- when I threw up and you know, <laughs> I needed to make sure that I wasn't going to accidentally move my bowels. And I was I would like go into the toilet and try and go so I could just be done with that feeling, but of course nothing happened to yeah, there. And yeah. so like that was complete fake by yeah. my stomach. But it was obviously I think my head doing a number on me. So mm-hmm. I went through a really miserable experience sitting in that chair and um and talk having the experience that you and I just talked about of remembering that that, that childbirth just felt like this kind of sick all over sometimes um I was having visuals behind my eyelids and I and I was deliberately keeping my eyes closed because this time I said I want to see what's there mm-hmm. and and I I don't want to let go or give up and just have another night of looking at the stars even though they might be beautiful or and I didn't see anything that was seemed particularly interesting to me or beautiful. I saw kind of ugly visuals of like carnival images and bubblegum colors, which I don't especially like, and a kind of Chinese checkers game uh, in, le- in levels without the marbles and patterns formed by tentacles, but no animals attached. I didn't have any like nice elephants opening doors for me the way other people had. So I wasn't learning anything from my visions. I was just kind of putting up with them. Mm-hmm. And finally, I said, I just need to stand up and maybe maybe I can go somewhere and, you know, my quest, do that puking thing. Um, and I managed to walk about 15 feet to where I could hear the voice of Ben, our amazing therapeutic therapist with mm-hmm. the generous heart. And she was talking to my friend whom I love. And my friend was laughing a little bit. And I thought, I need Ben. She can't have Ben. I want her. And I wanted to take her away from my friend. Mm-hmm. And I did. Of course, she didn't mind. My friend was like happy to send her off and have her come take care of me. And she did while well, I kind of got onto my knees and I was crying into the grass. And, um, and you know, there we were. We talked some more about my mom. And I said that I thought my mom was really a good mom. Um, and I was thinking less about uh, issues that I might have had with her or guilt that I had about not missing her enough. And I was thinking more about how much she really loved me and loved my sisters. And I had just taken her from, in my mind, my sister. I, I turned my friend into my sisters. Mm-hmm. And it was my turn. And and while I'd been sitting in that chair, too, I'd been, I'd been having these angry thoughts. Like, you were there beside me observing me and figuring out that I was giving birth, possibly. And I was looking over at you and I was just like, damn, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> always there. Always there with the uh, with the Buddha look on his face, which, I, you know, I mean, at bottom, I love it, Eric. I've never got that. <laughs> You're the only person that's ever <laughs> said that one. So, um, But, and, and I was hearing the laughing, the laughter I heard that night, like I was just envious. I was, I was envious in an angry way. I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard one of our other participants oming a little bit. I was like, I, I just want to be able to sink into it like that. And so I was just, I was just having a really angry night. I wanted it, I realized later, to be about me. And so Ben coming and almost literally swaddling me, uh, curling mm-hmm. up in her lap mm-hmm. and, and having her talk only to me and as long as I needed. Yeah, I, I passed by a couple of times and that was really beautiful to watch and just just to see you all there and knowing you were getting what you needed. And Ben's is so good. She's her heart is so, big. so loving, so big. 
I love her so much. And that she could go from person to person and keep giving that out yeah, is extraordinary. Yeah. And and I love her in the daytime too. And when I'm completely <laughs> stone cold sober, she's amazing. Um, yeah. And I feel that. And I feel I like what she has to say. I love her insights. But I just the, that she could give me so much at that point. And what I've been saying, as you know, about that was so. So Ben was mommy, and mommy like dealt with my runny nose and. My pukey feeling, and she did all the comforting, and then I heard Daddy laughing. <laughs> Daddy gets to be the fun one, because you were losing it. Uh, I don't know, forty feet away, yeah, with yeah. someone that I have grown to really care about here in this group, someone I had never met before this week, who was finally, finally having her breakthrough, and knowing that she was laughing. And hearing your great giggle that you were laughing with her, I said to Ben, as soon as I can stand up, I need to go over there. <laughs> and that's what I did. And the rest of the night was just blissful. And part of my ego trip, kind of, that's a play on words, I think, but uh-huh. it was. This was my night of my ego. Mm-hmm. I, I knew we were laughing too loud. We were probably impinging on some other people's spaces and you got us out of the way as quick as you could. But I just <laughs> kind of said, I can't tamp this down because it feels too good and I need to just not worry about other people right now. Yeah. It's my night. It's me. I'm the third of four children and I love, love, love my siblings, but the third person, the third child, you know, is an appeaser and doesn't have her own drama. Right. And this, this was my night. I, I grabbed center stage down on the beach, <laughs> performed stand up, and anybody who's listening <laughs> who's heard of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel will enjoy hearing <laughs> that comparisons were made by me. <laughs> I've got to see <laughs> this. I've got to watch it she's now. She's awesome. And I, I wanted to channel my inner Mrs. Maisel. And just being able to like, Say, hey, everyone, look at me, listen to me. I'm going to be funny now. And this is this is an old me, and it's sort of a new me, too. Mm-hmm. And um, and I realized today we had a really peaceful day with some great uh, swimming and snorkeling and seeing dolphins, which is mm-hmm. just miraculous. I said, you know, this lighter me, the one, that, the one that sits in the middle of the boat and sings so she won't be seasick and yeah. doesn't care who's listening... That's my mom. Yeah, that was that was beautiful. That's and that's this whole thing. It's just I'm so just, beautiful. I'm loving the, like the all the good things she gave me. So I've gotten really close to her, and I feel like now I'm like a new me, and I'm the old me together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can acknowledge how much of that comes from her. It's been amazing. So how does something like this fit into therapy in the future? How 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 can this be? You know. And there's, you know, there are so many possibilities, right? You've had three doses within a week here. That will probably not be standard in a therapeutic practice. Um, so just from your, experience, from your experience and taking all that kind of consideration, what are your, what are your hopes and expectations for psilocybin as a, a therapy in the future? My hopes for myself are that I... I'm not somebody, I haven't been in therapy for a number of years and haven't really felt the need for it. I didn't come down here to try to jumpstart therapy or, um, I, I am looking forward to another follow up integration session that we'll all be doing by phone or Skype, Zoom. Okay. Probably, yeah. And, um, you know, I might even try to do some follow up, uh, integration sessions with Ben just because I love Ben's heart mm-hmm. and insights. And if I feel like I'm losing some of what I gained here, I might, want to go back to that um 
it's complex to do. It's complicated, as you know, mm-hmm. to even think about doing mushrooms at home. And mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. lead a very as, you know, we're looking straight at life. But what I would look look what I would want for. Am I answering the question? If you it's want, legal, I, right? Because we're, yeah. we're we're going in that direction. It seems like. Well, I spoke to you on I think the first night um, about dry needling, mm-hmm. which is a form of physical therapy that bypasses weeks and weeks and weeks of manual therapy by using thin needles. They, they in fact, are acupuncture needles, although this is not acupuncture and it's not about the chi. Um, this is about uh, um, provoking muscles, um, maybe ones that aren't working that well, getting the needle in to uh, provoke a, a response, an electro, an uh, you know, an electric reaction, what to to make the muscle contract and and move, mm-hmm. and um, you and in the way that it can accomplish what weeks of manual therapy might do in a one session. I think that um, mushrooms could be really beautiful that way. I think that the opportunity to combine the tripping experience with the integration is so strong. Uh, I guess what you're doing is you're kind of almost surgically opening the mind and then while it's open and and you're still feeling the effects the next day and, and thinking about the things you saw going in and pulling out the benefit of it mm-hmm. and what does that mean and not having to close over the wound is kind of a negative word but not having to close over this opening that that has been created mm-hmm. and being able to work with it so i i would i think that we should have therapists who are have access to this and are trained in it and study it. I mean, SSRIs are great for depression. They're really frustrating. And if, if more clinical trials could be underway that would enable people to free themselves of medications that we may really need now and may be beneficial such as they are, but we'd really rather do without, um, I, 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 that can't happen soon enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I see, and from what I've been reading and learning, how basically harmless a quote-unquote drug this is that that there's not much there's not much damage it could do to you certainly to an adult brain i Mm -hmm. guess i think we probably need a lot of research before we start giving it to adolescents or working with them i mean i'd want historically they were used or they have been used in central america beginning around age six and eight and even in the 30s and 40s when lsd was and psilocybin were first being used as therapies they were being being given to autistic children uh to great effect I, I'd love for us to have the information we need to do right, that right. well and to do it across a large yeah. population. Yeah. Um, but we can't get that information if we can't make them available and get the trials underway right. and get them funded. And I would want to see that. Yeah. I mean, I have a daughter who lives with depression and she's doing really well and SSRIs have been fantastic for her. But would she and everyone prefer that she didn't need to be dependent on them, sure. Mm-hmm. So if there were ways to get at her illness other um, right. from other directions, right. it would be well, wonderful. At, at bare minimum, we know the side effects of SSRIs are much more severe than uh, psilocybin, or at least the withdrawal symptoms. So we will see where it goes. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch it develop, and you know whether or not you realize it, I hope, I hope you will now that you are a part of helping to progress that just by coming and being a part of this, being on this podcast, uh, gives opportunity for other 
intelligent individuals, accomplished individuals such as yourself to see that this is a valuable form of therapy um, that should be accessible to everyone in a controlled, responsible situation. Well, I I look forward to telling people about that. I mean, I hope that just my my lightness and my feeling even better about myself will in itself kind of mm-hmm, sell mm-hmm. sell it to people. But I'm happy to talk about it with people I know and be a cheerleader for oh, it. Oh, cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that. I, I think you... Um, you have a great voice singing, so I think your cheerleader voice would probably be pretty all right, too. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. That was fun hearing you all sing. So you got a billboard. Soul Sapping billboard. People yeah. are driving across the country. What are they going to see? Miss Mandy says. It says, Shroomcation. <laughs> the all-inclusive holiday with your unconscious mind. <laughs> Nice. I think uh, I'm remembering now when we were talking uh, during your second trip when you were on the, having the flu, and I, I said, "Welcome, welcome to mushrooms. Expect discomfort." <laughs> <laughs> Let's put on the, that on the back of the billboard, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining us here, thank Manny. You, thank Eric. you for thank joining you for me on everything this podcast. and and for the wonderful stuff you do here. My pleasure. My mm-hmm. pleasure. A shroomcation, huh? <laughs> I don't know, Mandy. Mushrooms, as you clearly illustrated, are not always comparable to a vacation, other than, well, you usually feel better afterwards. <laughs> Which, from the ongoing conversations Mandy and I have had since her return, she does seem to be feeling better. I won't disclose the intimate improvements that she has experienced, <laughs> but let's just say that she reported back some unexpected benefits, which you know with psilocybin, there can be many. One of the most fascinating aspects of Mandy's experiences, and that of most individuals, is just how varied they can be. You literally have to be ready for just about anything when you start feeding mushrooms to people. Another intriguing quality to psilocybin mushrooms is that, despite eliciting such powerful and unique experiences, they are ranked as the single safest drug, as reported by The Lancet in an independent scientific committee on drugs in 2010. Now, again, not without risk or discomfort. (laughs) Unwanted bowel movements, nausea, vomiting, tooth pain which we have heard that one a few times now. We've even encountered some psychedelic dentist on occasion. My favorite, though, is the, why do I do this to myself? (laughs) Oh, my Lord, people, if I could tell you how many times I have wondered, while in the throes of mushroom ecstasy, why do we make ourselves go insane? Why do we plunge ourselves into the depths of physical, emotional, or psychic hell with mushrooms? Why do we exhaust our bodies and minds by expanding our consciousness into the godlike bliss of all-knowing, only to forget the majority of it two hours later? <laughs> I believe we do it because deep down in our sub and unconscious minds, we know we are only fooling ourselves in this attempt to control reality. Yet this charade that we play is exactly what reality, quote unquote, hinges on. 
by not going insane, this is how we actually lose our minds. By not experiencing discomfort is how we end up with disease. Were we never to encounter our limitless divinity, then we could not be fully alive on this mortal plane. And that, my friends, is what I seek and what I believe in large part the mushrooms are here for, to help us realize our highest potential. And with that, I'm going to leave you with something I found based on Mandy's ideal tripmate, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It's a psychedelic sampling of the Turkish waltz. The YouTube link to the publisher Travel Music BR is in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this trippy take on a classical tune, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed working with Mandy. As always, thank you for joining me on the Psilocybin Chronicles. May all of your journeys, both in and out, be safe and rewarding. <laughs>